I think you uh, you had Wayne with the burrowing drone. You sure <laughs> did. I want, I want one. I'll have a burrowing drone. Thanks. Have your say on the topics that matter to you. Jump onto gisdirectionspodcast.com.au and share your ideas. Welcome to the GIS Directions Podcast. I'm Wayne Lee Archer. I'm Josh Fenman. And I'm very excited today. We're in for a real treat, Josh. We have a bona fide exploration futurist with us today where we're going to be talking about the future, innovation and geography. Yep, that's right, Wayne. We're joined today by Andrew McCulloch from South Australian-based Oz Minerals. Andrew is someone with a couple of geos to his name, geology and geography, and we're going to be getting his perspective on institutionalizing innovation. You'll pick up some practical tips on how you might do the same for your organization. Thanks, Josh. It's a great opportunity to actually share some of our experiences, so thank you. Welcome along, Andrew. So um, before we get into the topic of innovation, uh, let's uh, tell us about uh, Oz Minerals and uh, what it means to be an exploration futurist. Look, I love the name. I love the title. Uh, I've, I've got my DeLorean and my flux capacitor all charged, ready to go for the future. Sounds like something straight out of Star Trek rather than your typical career path for the GIS, GIS expert. Tell us a bit about it. Yeah, it's a very different job title. I think I've probably got one of the coolest job titles in the in the industry at the moment. I'm in the exploration team. We've got an innovation and data team. And our primary objective is to support the exploration team's efforts by increasing the efficiency and effectiveness of exploration. It's not an easy gig actually trying to find new economic deposits. If we can do that by using technologies or alternative methodologies, then, then we'll, we'll jump on them. Obviously ahead of your time, uh, it's clear that Oz Minerals highly values innovation, and uh, and I think it's an important ingredient in uh, in our industry. But it's often difficult to uh, to foster it within an organisation. How does Oz Minerals foster that internally and externally? Is there a secret? Have you got some special secret sauce that you can share with us? I don't know whether it's really secret sauce, but I think culture is probably the biggest thing. If you have the right culture and if you have the right leadership that focus and help people focus on that culture and just really openly encourage innovation and experimentation, that whole ethos of it's not necessarily fail fast, it's actually learn fast. Take a punt on something, go and learn something, come up with a theory, go out, test it. If it works, great, keep moving. If it doesn't, go back, reassess. We're really lucky at Oz. We have the support and the people there ready to help you make things happen. So it's fantastic. How do you promote the, that psychological safety that's required in organisations for people to be uh, safe and feel allowed to make mistakes and to learn fast? It's not an easy one. To be able to get to that psychological safety, you have to really do work on your culture. And, and Oz has been working on our culture for the last few years, so we're still on that journey. And it's, uh, it's, it's like the traveller. You're always, always trying to find the next one. So we're always, always, always on that journey to, to improve our culture and to, to allow people... And to give those give people that psychological safety, that trust, build those build those key components that you need in order to be able to learn fast and, and keep progressing. If we think about that innovative spirit, I heard you speak recently uh, in a forum around machine learning and data science. Wayne and I see this just exploding in the area of spatial analytics and spatial data science. Absolutely across many domains, including um, natural resources, being used to do everything from detecting faults in rail tracks to trying to predict where the next major weather event might occur. I got the impression it was a big deal for Oz Minerals. What's the impact that 
emerging technology is having on your business? It's interesting because a colleague in, my te- in our team, the, in the innovation data team, is a data scientist. He gave a podcast about data science and mineral exploration and it was fantastic. And he really did sum it up really, really well with, um, with exploration being on the predictive side, so a lot more predictive data science. So you're always trying to work out where things are at um, and you don't always have all of the data, so you've actually got to take a bit of a punt at stuff. Whereas on the operation side, it's optimization. That actually has a huge impact on our business. Being able to reduce our costs, reduce our energy consumption, those sorts of things, they're not only good for the environment, but they're good for us as well. Well, so much is achievable in that space now as well. I mean, I've seen, um, I mean, I'm, I'm very much into machine learning myself, as Josh just mentioned, and, and I've seen some pretty amazing things done in that space of recent times from super resolution imagery to automatic land classification, uh, as Josh was saying, you know, fault detection in rail and in pipelines automatically. Do you think maybe there's possibly a time where you can envisage that uh, machine learning replaces physical boots on the ground for this kind of exploration is the rise of the machines coming (laughs) (laughs) boots on the ground won't ever be replaced by a machine not for the foreseeable future we need to do good science good data collection is really really important and yes we might actually have robots and drones and all that sort of stuff which we are we are looking at to try and reduce our impact and to minimize the drilling but you still got to get out there and the only way you're going to find something can, and actually prove that it's there is actually go and drill it. But there will always be a need to have geos on the ground actually testing these things. Note to self, create a drilling machine that's machine <laughs> learned. <laughs> there are companies out there already working on robotic, fully autonomous robotic drill rigs, which is really cutting edge and leading edge. There's one of them actually here is, has got one for an underground operation. It's a V1, um, still sitting in a in a test laboratory down here. It's pretty amazing to actually see a, a robotic rig being controlled by a guy that's you know a few hundred meters away. That's going to happen in the next probably five to ten years. But when it comes to exploration rigs, different kettle of fish because it's surface. You've got to drive. You've got to be mobile. It's not a controlled environment. All those sorts of things. So a slow rise of the machines. Yeah, just a random thing there was a design study done by one of the universities in um, Finland which was actually a equivalent to an underground drone it actually burrowed in like a mole unfortunately it doesn't exist it's a design study but you know there's people already out there thinking about that type of technology of how we can actually collect geochemistry collect geophysics without actually having to be on the ground Andrew, I think you uh, you had Wayne with the burrowing drone. You sure <laughs> did. I want, I want one. I'll have a burrowing drone, thanks. Yeah, I, I've got to admit, I'm a little bit excited about that. So let's spin it around back to uh, our favoured topic of GIS. And just to ask you, where do you think the next big thing is from a spatial perspective? What's GIS going to be doing next to Oz Minerals? I think coming back to your earlier comments earlier around spatial analytics and data science, that's where I think the next big, big movements will be. Imagine, the whole thing is imagine you can take a, not just a 3D model of the deposit you've got, but a 3D model of either an entire geological province or ultimately even the whole world. So you can actually have a 3D model of all of the geology and you can actually move around it and then imagine being able to go back in time and forward in time to see how a deposit would evolve. We've got a lot of information in literature and all the rest of it around how these deposits are formed. We use that all the time when we're trying to find new ones. It's part of what we do. But being able to have that as a model, as a visualisation, 
and then be able to actually do data science on that. So actually do forward predictions or go and say, okay, well, this is what it would look like and this is what it would look like now. So this is when it was formed, however many millions of years ago, and then this is what it is today. And so this is where we're going to go and target. That would be so cool. And it really doesn't sound that far-fetched. I, I really can imagine that being realised in not too distant future. Yeah, getting the, the 3D component to it and getting the all of the interactions and the connectedness of it all is just so critical and getting the data here in australia we're so lucky we've got great data assets in terms of the governments provide a lot of pre-competitive data and it's becoming more and more accessible around the world as other countries come on board you know you've got great examples in canada and, and in the uk and and a lot of the european countries but once you start to see some of the african nations starting to provide their pre-competitive data i think then you'll be able to get that whole global coverage that's awesome. I think, uh, Josh, that uh, we can even wrap this back around on one of our previous episodes uh, where we introduced the notion of voxels and how you can actually look through this kind of time and space. So uh, I think uh, we're probably right on the verge of realising that kind of, of capability in the in the GIS industry. And one of the things we said in that episode was that data was also key and king for uh, trying to achieve those kind of visualizations. So to wrap this up, Andrew, do you possibly have maybe three tips for driving innovation in in, in our industry and in our organizations? You know, must-haves, should-haves, could-haves, or, or don't-haves are even a, a really good example. The must-haves, I think, is is you've got to have the right culture and you've got to have that culture of trust and opportunity. The other one that you sort of, it's almost a must have is you actually have to have a willingness to fund it. So you have to be able to get a budget to do an experiment. So that one's a, a sort of a, a must have. On the should haves is some clear objectives, why you're doing stuff. Understanding the why really does help. The things that you shouldn't do is too much hierarchy and too much bureaucracy. If you've got a lot of bureaucracy getting any idea up and tested is going to take you an eon great tips there so as you've heard today there's lots of great ways to drive innovation with gis visit the gisdirectionspodcast.com.au to learn more about the topics we've discussed today including getting started with machine learning in arcgis pro spatial data mining and geobim case studies we'll also include links on how to transition to the latest release of pro for those of you who have been keen to start accessing these cool new machine learning capabilities today thanks so much for joining us andrew thanks josh it's been awesome being a part of this yes thanks andrew and uh, happy mapping till next time the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Ezra Australia. 